Illegal Pete's has nine locations in Colorado and has expanded into Arizona as well. And Illegal Pete's is a proud Colorado business that serves the most delicious mission-style burritos you'll ever taste. Plus, if you show your ticket from any game or event, abs, nuggets, concerts, Colorado Eagles, whatever, you name it, their ticket will get you a free draft beer or free margarita with the purchase of an entree at Illegal Pete's. So it's a great place to go and hang out. They have local bands, sports on TV, whatever you want there, and they just straight up taste great as well. Highly recommend it. And they also have a sweet catering set up with affordable prices and fresh food to eat. So remember to go on down to Illegal Pete's and get your free beer or margarita with ticket to any event here in Colorado. And Cole gets another good righty and another right by Cole. A left by Cole this time. Tipped in front by Mika Rentinen. Shoots and scars! Nathan McKinnon! Call J.T. Comfer! 877 goes now! Gabriel Landeskog! Collective hugs! 29 and 92! Save me by Grubauer! Move over, Picasso! This piece of art is by McKinnon, my goodness gracious! <laughs> Welcome into the DNBR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. Davidson's has two locations, one in Centennial, one in Highlands Ranch. And these guys are locally owned and have a gigantic selection of over 1,000 different beers to try, as well as wines and liquors, of course, as well. So... Check them out. Download their app today. You can get incredible deals when you sign up for their loyalty program and even get your booze delivered. They have our favorite Breck Brew. Highly recommend that alone. And it tastes even better when you get it delivered. So, you know, just saying. Give it a try when you can. If you want to try something new, they have tastings on Fridays and Saturdays in the afternoons. You could check that out as well. Or you can just browse from home on your app and get whatever you want. I'm Nathan Rudolph. He is Evan Rao joining us once again on the pod. Evan, glad to have you back on. The Avs just defeated the Ottawa Senators 3 to nothing tonight. We will talk about that in a second. First, Evan, I want to ask you a question. Liberty University, the other day, I'm not sure if you saw the clip or not, but they had an amazing goal celebration where the player who scored force choked everyone on his bench and everyone played along. How do you feel about Sellies and getting the full team involved? Do you want to see more of that in the NHL? Uh, I don't have a problem with it. I just think NHL players are too boring to do it. So it's just, I feel like minor league guys, they're going to have fun. But I just, I couldn't see NHL players doing it as much as I think fans would love it. I'm saying the NHL needs less boring players. Let them do some crazy Sellies. Let them have a little fun with it. I'm down for it. It's all entertainment to me. Yeah, I'm just I'm having a hard time imagining a guy like JT Comfer going along with that when he's just like stoic all the time. <laughs> I mean, all right, you don't need everybody to get involved then, you know, just do some creative ones on the ice. Make it a little bit more football celebration when they score a touchdown. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, it would just upset all the old school people. That's all it would do. 
Well, you know what? Hockey is supposed to be fun. And I'm a huge fan of the storm surge as well that Carolina does and all things like that, to be Uh, fair. I love that too. Yeah. So it's time to get modern and hip with it. NHL. Forget the old people. Yeah, they tried with Green Day, and now they're like, oh, God, what do we do? <laughs> Green Day is, like, not the young people, though. Yeah, I, I guess that's true. I was listening to Green Day in, like, middle school, so. Yeah, they were, like, a thing in the, maybe not quite the late 90s, but definitely the early aughts. Yeah, well, I mean, I was listening to them in the mid-90s, showing my age here during the Dookie days. Now that I mean that's like old school Green Day, yeah. That was back, back before they were mainstream. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Evan, the Green Day hipster, confirmed. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> all I have right. all their cassettes. <laughs> well, we're moving away from cassettes and moving into live highlights in the modern day. This one being of Miko Ranton and absolutely murdering Ron Hainsey. At the blue line. Evan, is, is Miko back? Can we say Miko Rantanen is back for this team at this point? Because it's been a long time since I've seen him have a game like this. Yeah, and I mean, AJ and I were talking about it before the game that it's kind of looked like he's more and more getting with it. And, oh man, that was that was disgusting what he did to Ron Hainsey this that was oh my goodness! I couldn't even believe that. I mean, a six foot five guy shouldn't be able to spin and move like that, and he just made it look ridiculous. And then the backhand was just not icing on the cake there. So, yeah, he was great. He had another dominant shift in the second period where he just decided he wanted to take over. So, um, you certainly hope so because you know that would make it two out of the three guys that you really need to go get going up front. And with Kadri out for a while, you need your your big moves to get going. And he certainly looked like it tonight. You got to like it. And the Rantanen case is kind of a weird one, right? Because there'd been a long stretch where he was getting points, but it felt like he wasn't really playing particularly well. Now you're starting to see that come into fruition. It's more of the things he's doing beyond getting the goals. Obviously, highlight real goal, great, whatever. But it, throughout this game, he was possessing the puck a lot more, defending the puck much better and using that size is there something that you noticed in particular? Is it just he's more confident in that ankle again or, or what? Um, yeah, he did seem to be moving a lot better tonight. I mean, the thing with Miko is when he's protecting the puck and tough to knock off it, is that's when you know he's got his game going. And that's kind of what we've seen the last couple of games. So, um, yeah, he's definitely picked up points here and there. He had the hat trick game not too long ago, but uh, tonight felt like he's really back. And obviously, it's not a great team they were playing, but uh, he, he was easily their best forward on in this one. I would certainly agree with that statement. I don't think it was particularly close for a large portion of the night as well. But the Avs forward core is is in a bit of an adjustment period, right? Not only have they lost Kadri and they're figuring out what to do with that second line now, at the same time, they started, before they even lost Kadri, really, experimenting with moving Landeskog off that top line finally, breaking up the three-headed monster. What's it going to take to get Landy going in the right direction? 
Well, I, you know, I, I know you and AJ talked about it. You didn't think he played very well. I thought he played a lot better after he got dropped down, and it kind of looked like he just started to play more of a grinder's game last game. And tonight it was just back to being more, he really struggled passing the puck. Uh, it seemed like everything was just a little bit off. Lots of things were getting uh, deflected or just straight up taken away from him tonight. So um, I really just am hoping that he starts to keep it a little bit more simple, playing with guys like uh, Comfer and Donskoy, rather than having to be just like a skilled guy playing with the, the two big stars up front. So that's kind of what he needs. He's throwing the puck at the net a lot, which is nice. Uh, but it's just simple things like, yeah, I don't know if he just needs to focus on getting the puck in deep and throwing his body around rather than trying to skate through everyone. So as we kind of move step by step through the Avs roster and end of this game or the last couple of games that they've played, we'll get to Grubauer in a second. I want to save him for the second period. But of the skaters, who else is standing out right now to you? Well, I thought the most consistent line in this one was the fourth line. It was Tyson Jost was moving really well. I, you know, the last couple, he, he's been playing a lot better since a little bit before the all-star break, but tonight he was moving well. They played him penalty kill and power play and he was looking good. Um, and Kamenev, I mean, he comes in and he plays well and he's getting feisty. He was getting into it with Kachuk at one point along the boards. So uh, I really like that line. They put together the, I mean, we all assumed that the Belmar, Calvert, Nachushkin line would have come back and been great. And I thought that was easily their worst line in this one. So uh, I really liked the fourth line. It was just a sloppy game overall. And um, I said to AJ before we in the locker room that, that they're kind of lucky that that's the team they played coming back from a long road trip because they didn't necessarily have, have their hands tonight. And, you know, they benefited from playing a lower skilled team. Yeah, I I think that's fair. Uh, given the way the game panned out and the Evs struggles to finish on the offensive side, really, uh, they put a bunch of pucks towards the net. I think far too many missed the net, and the ones that did go on net outside of the third period and then Rantanen's absurdity, a lot right to the chest of Hogberg. So. Yeah, and I mean... You look at the Columbus game, even the Wild game, and this one, they're winning different ways. So it's, it, you know, you're not going to blow teams out every night like Buffalo. So uh, if this isn't the worst thing in the world. So this is a, you know, it's, you learn to win different ways because you're not going to, you know, have these high scoring affairs in the playoffs. So uh, if you can just be patient like they were tonight and keep grinding it out, it's, you know, it's not the worst thing in the world moving forward. Yeah, I I think so. I will say a marked better number of high danger chances in this game. A lot more shots in and around the goal and and near the dangerous areas as opposed to somewhat what they did against Columbus where it was all perimeter shooting. So despite maybe the goals not being there, I do still think it's a move in the right direction in that regard. Yeah, and that's just Columbus is kind of on top of their game. That's that's how they're gonna play, and they've been doing that for pretty consistent for the last twenty five to thirty games or something like that. So, um, and and yeah, I, the Avs just had a lot more talent than Ottawa tonight, and even when they weren't on their game, you could see it. Yeah. So 
We'll go ahead and take our first period break here. The Avs win. You know that means it's time for Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. Crack one open if you are listening at a, an appropriate time for drinking a beer, I suppose, and enjoy it. They have tons of different beers. I think it's well up over 20 at this point if you count all of their different seasonal ones that are available at, at different times throughout the year. But if you're looking for an IPA, they have the Hot Peak for you. If you're looking for a regular Golden Lager, they have the new Mile High City. If you're looking for something with a little bit more flavor, you can check out the Strawberry Sky. You name it, they have it. And if you want to know where to find it, you can head to their website and use their Breck Brew Locator. It will tell you which stores have which Breckenridge Brewery beers in stock. It's an awesome thing. Highly recommend you use that if you're looking for a specific beer. And also check out the DNBR event calendar on the dnbr.com. Breckenridge Brewery is sponsoring it, and they will be at all of our watch parties that we have. We will have one for the abs coming up, not this weekend, but the next. If you're coming out this weekend, at least AJ and I will be at Blake Street Tavern this Friday just to hang out. The Avs aren't playing, but we're meeting up with a lot of people coming into town for that Stadium Series game. I don't know if you're coming or not, Evan, but AJ and I will be there at least. So No, I will not be there. I would be divorced if I came there, I think. so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Evan clearly has more important things to do, but AJ and I are, are slackers that don't. So we'll be there. Come have some Breck Brews with us. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. I'm Rudo. He is Evan. We are talking abs over senators at the moment. We covered all of the skaters. I said I wanted to save Grubauer for period two here, so let's talk about him now. Obviously, getting the shutout against Ottawa feels nice, even if there was a play that might have probably should have been a goal. Yeah, I mean, that certainly wasn't his fault that Lanny just plowed Nick Paul into him. But yeah, yeah, it was tough to tell. I, I mean, from the replay, I couldn't tell if I was getting the parallax thing from seeing the puck, if it was in the air. It looked like it was into me, but yeah, I was actually kind of caught off guard that they did not call that a goal. Oh, no, that, that puck was 100% in the net. I, I've ran it back a dozen times. It was in the net before the net came off too. And ultimately the ref said that the play was blown dead before the puck was in the net. So pretty right, nice then. break for the abs, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. That's, you know, I guess I, yeah. Like I think everyone in the press box kind of thought it was going to be a goal. So I, you know, like I said, we were all kind of caught off guard and, and uh, yeah, like abs get a little lucky. I don't even know what Landy was trying to do there. Cause there's nowhere for Grubauer to go. You're just, plowing a guy into your goalie yeah I, I thought it was a weird choice by landy as well but ultimately it worked out for the abs and that leads to a 34 save shutout for grubauer obviously that feels nice really there i don't think there were that many high danger chances that grubauer had to turn away in this game but a shutout is a shutout right yeah that actually felt the first period of probably a goalie's dream where you get a lot of shots, but nothing's really dangerous. It was a lot of point shots. So he was into the game. I think they had like six shots in the first four minutes. So he was into the game. He looked confident. He he had that swagger that we saw uh, towards the end of last year that we haven't seen much of this year. So 
Um, and he even had that swagger after the game when he was talking to reporters. So he's in good spirits. I think he's a confident goalie right now. And um, like, like I said in my grades, this is about the time last year when he really kicked it into gear. So maybe he's just a type of guy who knows when to really crank it up when it's needed. Yeah, I mean, he certainly deserves to be in good spirits based on his last four starts with uh, three goals in four games. It is now his his season numbers have significantly creeped up since the start of February. Obviously, Grubauer, this is nothing new for him, seeing him turn it on down the stretch. But is it a bit of a relief for the Avs? Are the Avs feeling a lot more confident as a team now that they're getting this type of goaltending? Yeah, and I talked a little bit to Ian Cole today about how the defensive pairs have been pretty consistent over the last like 15, I don't know how long it's been. It feels like it's been about 20 games now that they've had the same pairs, I guess since EJ came back, uh, that they've been rolling with these pairs. And um, when you talk to defensemen, when they change up pairs, they're always like, oh, well, you know, we always play together. But I really do think it makes a difference because you kind of know what's going to happen. And that makes the life of the goaltender a lot easier. So I think that's really playing a role in the defensive play as well, where the Avs are just not giving up much because they're, you know, the defensemen and the goaltenders are all on the same page because they've all been working together for a while now. So I really think that's playing a role. And obviously, um, Grubauer is just, uh, it seems like he's just seeing the puck a little bit better right now. Yeah, probably a little of column A, a little of column B, right? Francosa's start against the Wild as well. They held him to two goals. Francosa played pretty well with the defense in front of him outside of on the penalty kill. So at five on five right now, it, it all seems to be clicking on that defensive side. Yeah, they it's, haven't given up a five on five goal in three games now, I think. Because Columbus was power play. Yeah. Minnesota was power play. So yeah, I mean... Things are clicking for this team defensively, and they, I mean, you kind of need that now that your number two center is gone. So, you know, you're clicking at the right time. It does feel a little bit like that, that it, that it is all starting to come together. Safe to say we can put any goalie controversy to bed, though, at this point? Uh, well, even Bedner after the game was like, well, it's a long season, still a long way to go. So, it so still sounds like, <laughs> yeah. Well, he said that they, at the start of the year, had an idea of how they wanted to make a split between the goaltender starts and that they're pretty much on track for that. So I do think we're going to see a, a good bit of Francois down the stretch just to keep Grubauer healthy uh, and fresh going into the playoffs. But yeah, I do think he's, I think he's always been the number one guy. Um, they just have that faith in him and Bednar has really never wavered in that. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I just don't see how Francois could earn the starter job. The one chance where it started to look close, Francois just didn't earn it. So it is what it is, and, and Grubauer looks to be back. So the question is just going to kind of fade to the background, in my opinion. But you talked about keeping Grubauer healthy. The abs are no stranger to injuries this year, but losing Nazem Kadri on what is officially been announced as a week-to-week basis now Assuming it's an ankle thing, but we don't know 100%. First of all, how do the abs fill this problem? And how much of an effect is it going to have on this push to the playoffs? 
Well, what I was going to say is, I mean, it looked a heck of a lot like the Miko injury, didn't it? When yeah. You saw it? Yeah. So my thing is, you know, hey, Miko came back, I want to say like within four to five weeks after, but we all know he didn't look right right away. So even if Kadri comes back in four to six weeks, uh, which is kind of what I would expect, uh, I still expect him to struggle afterwards. So um, this is a tough injury because he, McKinnon has said it all along when the injuries were happening that, you know, the one thing he always had behind him was Kadri holding down the fort on the second line, and now they don't have that. And I thought Comfort played pretty well tonight. Um, he's not a number two center, but, you know, he, he plays with a lot of pace. He was moving really well tonight, and he he did a lot of things right, uh, but he's just not Kadri. And uh, they're going to have to kind of do this by committee uh, without these guys. And really, I think that's why they're moving Landis Cog down is that hopes to spread this out and then maybe hopes that uh, using that second line as maybe more of a grinder line uh, with a little bit of skill is that rather than going pure skill on the top line and uh, with, la- with, I guess, loading up on that top line. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think this is a lot bigger loss, uh, even than, even more so than a guy like Landis Cog was early in the season because that second line center we've seen all year long is just huge for this team. Yeah. I mean, obviously it's a significant blow to their depth. It, it was one of the significant differences between last year's team and, and this year's. So it is something that they're going to have to work around. I wonder if it might come into play on tomorrow's show where we will be uh, having our own trade proposals for the deadline cooked up perhaps, but you'll have to wait and see on that one sticking with the abs it does feel like they do kind of have to commit to that grinder style second line. Confer, yeah, probably not a 2C. You have Don Skoy, who's been very, very solid on the second line this year, but realistically, his production is borderline for a second line player. And then you have Landis Gog bouncing around the lineup a little bit as well. It, the talent. If you're trying to make a skilled second line, first of all, you have to take Burakovsky off the top line, and and things are going to get really messy really quickly. Yeah, and I mean, the thing is, you know, Comfer has, goal-scoring-wise, has had a pretty slow season. Um, And then, you know, AJ and I were talking about it. Donskoy has one goal since December 9th, I think. And obviously, he missed a good chunk of time there, but he has dropped off pretty dramatically. Uh, and he did this last year in San Jose where he went like 38 games without a goal. So this is not a huge surprise. So um, losing Kadri is huge. And yeah, they're going to have to kind of commit to maybe playing a more defensive style, which is kind of what we've seen the last couple games of that they're learning to win a different way. And uh, they're getting some good good production from their defense to kind of help chip in. And I think that's kind of what's going to need to happen move forward because uh, we're kind of back to a very similar team to last year with without Kadri in the lineup. Yeah, uh, it will be interesting to see, you know, some of the solutions to this may be trying to get those third and fourth lines going a little bit more. You talked about the fourth line being one of fourth line rather being one of the abs best in this game. Sure, the the. Calvert, Belmar, and Chushkin line didn't look great in this one, but the Avs pretty much know what they're going to get out of a line like that as well. So 
might need a little bit more even distribution. Certainly, the expectation is your best players need to take care of business. So McKinnon and Rantanen may have to step up again there. And that kind of is what it is where the question that will never die in this season comes back into play is the avalanche power play. They go one for five in Ottawa, scoring on their fifth opportunity for the insurance goal. Evan, is that good enough? Was that power play good enough? Uh, the first power play was actually pretty good, if I remember correctly. I, th- I think Hogberg made a couple of really nice saves on one-timers by McKinnon and then later by Burakovsky. But that second period was horrendous. They had a couple of power plays where they were just getting nothing going. They had one to start the period where it's just nothing was happening, and it was both both units were just struggling. So it was an ugly night for the power play that was kind of, I guess, saved by... Um, I think Ottawa failed to clear the puck, and then Burakovsky just made a great play, and it it really wasn't the setup that the Habs normally have. It was just kind of a free-flowing play, and maybe that's exactly what they needed to get out of that setup that's just not working right now. So, uh, I mean, if you... One for five is not great, but, you know, if you score not 20% of your power plays, I guess you can kind of deal with that, because I think that's an upgrade on what the Habs have been getting all year. Right, and that's kind of where I'm at with it as well. The second period power plays were gross. I don't like them at all. But at the end of the day, they scored the big goal, the game, that, the goal that gives them the two-goal lead in the game. They get 20% power play, which feels a little low, particularly against a team like Ottawa, who does not have a particularly good penalty kill. But if results are all that matter, it's passable. Yeah. It's it's definitely passable. Um, they can kind of get by with this. Uh, the reality is that the power play, and you know, I had somebody ask me on Twitter, you know, how much does Kadri being out Kadri for Donskoy really affect everything? And reality is it doesn't, because the power play runs by McKinnon, Rantanen, and Makar. And I would say one of those guys had a good night tonight, and that's kind of why the power play struggled for the most part in this one. Right. I mean, the reality is it doesn't matter if you put Kadri, Donskoy, Belmar, whoever in that bumper spot. It just doesn't affect that much. The corpse of Colin Wilson. Yeah, sure. Right. On one leg standing out there. Uh, All right. We'll go ahead and end the second period there. Time to tell you guys about Denver Rubber Company. They are the most reliable local partner for your long-term project, and they have been since 1972. They provide the highest quality of products from custom die-cut gaskets, molded rubber, custom contract manufacturing, custom hoses. They have a whole warehouse devoted just to hoses if that's what you need. But more importantly, over the past week, Denver has been getting dusted with snow pretty consistently. Finally, it's been a while, took all the way to February for it to happen. And Denver Rubber Company is here with your snow plow rubber. They are your one-stop shop for anything and everything snow plows. Their blades are double-sided, so you can flip them around when one side wears down and keep on trucking. They can custom fit to any shape, any size, whatever it is you need. They have you covered. You can buy in bulk for a fantastic rate or just single pieces if that's what you're into 
they got you covered. You can check them out at drcfirst.com slash dnvr or give them a call at 1-800-259-0010 and let them know who sent you. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by David Sins with Rudo and Evan. We are here. We talked about the Ottawa game. It is what it is. The Avs won. 3 nothing. A nice goal by Nachushkin to, to get that one on the power play. Sure, a great game from Rantanen, and then they just took care of business. The upshot of all of this is the Avs are now one point behind the St. Louis Blues in the standings with a game in hand. And they hold every single tiebreaker under the sun except for the head-to-head right now, which they will have an opportunity to make a wash at the end of the season. So, yeah, they've really closed the gap. Uh, those two wins against St. Louis before the break were were pretty massive and taken four points away from the Blues and not giving them any. And now it's coming into play here. So uh, the Avs have a very favorable schedule down the stretch to take care of business and potentially win out in the central and get home ice advantage. And, you know, St. Louis is stumbling a little bit. Uh, I know you guys have talked about Bennington. Seems like uh, the shoe or the, I guess the, uh, I don't know what to say. He's just, his luck is running out after a year of uh, great play and Dallas keeps winning. So, I mean, at this rate, St. Louis looks like, you know, they're, they might be in danger of dropping even a third if they keep this up. So uh, things are looking good for the Avs if they can just hold down the fort while, while Kadri's out, then, you know, they have a chance to take this division. All right. You got to like their odds right now, as it stands. The, the abs are very much on the up and up. The Blues, certainly the goaltending's a question mark. Does look like Tarasenko will be coming back for them soon as well, as he is skating and, and practicing now a bit. But it a lot of things are, are trending in the abs' direction here, and it, look, it is a big deal. You're realistically looking at either playing probably Dallas if you come in second in the division, or if you come in first, you're looking at a, potentially an Arizona, a Vegas, a Winnipeg, something like that. Yeah, matchup-wise, it's it's huge. You know, if you win the Central, you get the, the buzz going in the city. People might actually be able to watch games in the playoffs. Uh, I mean, things are trending up, really. Uh, we, I don't know how things are going to go without Kadri. Tonight's game was maybe not the best indication because Ottawa's not the best team, but uh, if they can just kind of hold things down without him, it's going to be, you know, I, I do like their chances just to kind of take this over just because of how, how their schedule's working out where they're, they've had the toughest part of their schedule in the first half of the year, and now it's not easy going from here on out, but it's not the worst schedule in the world. So um, you would much rather play... Uh, a Vegas or even a rematch against a team like Calgary in the playoffs than have to deal with a St. Louis or a Dallas in the first round where it's, they're going to grind you down and you know how they're going to play. And it's just going to, you're going to expend a lot of energy, even if you do manage to get out of the first round. Yeah. And I mean, Vegas would, would expend a lot of energy in its own way too, perhaps, but that would certainly be some fun hockey at least. Yeah, and I just the way things are going, I would much rather play. And obviously, he's known to turn it up in the playoffs, but I would much rather play Marc Andre Fleury this year than I would yeah. play like a guy like Ben Bishop, who 
can nothing take to do a with series. Yeah, yeah. He can take a series on his own. So, um, or, you know, obviously David Riddich or, you know, I guess Dave, Darcy Kemper is, has been on fire since he got to Arizona. You maybe don't want to face him, but, you know, I'll take my chances with, the, with those guys over a guy like Ben Bishop. Yeah, I certainly a less of a track record uh, to say the least in, in someone like Kemper's corner. Um, Bishop also just seems to have the abs number a lot of the time. So whereas flurry and, and players don't, but yeah, I mean, if you're looking around the rest of the West, uh, are there any teams that scare you in the playoffs? I mean, the way that the abs are playing at five on five. No, they're, they're there really isn't, and the majority of the playoff play is going to be at five on five. Um, I shouldn't say that none of these teams scare me. It's just that I think the Avs are just better, and that's the reality of the situation. If they're getting the goaltending that they're they've gotten since the break, I'll take them over any of these teams. And if they can figure out how to consistently win at home, then yeah, they're I think they're the best team in the West, and you know St. Louis. They've been held up by great goaltending, and the fact that they're not getting it and they're stumbling just kind of shows, you know, how much I guess how much more skill there is on the Avs that's kind of separating them from these other teams. Yeah. What, what did I, you think of McKinnon's quote today, where he said, "I don't think we have any weaknesses." When they play their A game, I agree. I yeah. Well, I, I when anyone plays their A game, I think yeah they're on top of it. But yeah, I mean, I I thought it was pretty. You know, he's he's a guy who's going to tell you like it is. And if he really thinks that, I, you know, I, I think that's how those guys in the locker room feel is that they are they are the best team in the West and that they're going to go for it down the stretch here. At five on five, I don't disagree on special teams. Not sure. Yeah, I had some people replying to that tweet mid game. I think in the second period when the power play was struggling. Yeah, there's your problem. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, McKinnon, the guy who's in charge of the power play essentially is not going to say that that's a weak point. Yeah, certainly you would think as much, but the abs do have a couple of potential milestone games coming up. Obviously the stadium series game on the weekend, but before that, they play the Washington Capitals. Does Ovi get seven hundred? Um, I actually hope he does. I think that would be pretty awesome to see in person, and probably never going to see it again in person. So, um, I hope the game is like five to two abs with him scoring his seven hundredth goal. He's a freak of nature. I, I hope he breaks every record possible. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm with you on that. Did, I talked to AJ about this, but I guess I didn't talk to you. Do you think he can beat Gretzky's goals? I think he can, but I think the problem is listening to his interview with Friedman and Merrick before the year. I don't even know if he wants to play that long. Yeah. It really sounded like he's thinking about going back to Russia. And if he sees even like the slightest drop off in his game that he might go back. So, um, I think he's, I mean, the fact that he's still scoring 50 goals or whatever at this age, and, you know, I think he can definitely do it. I'm just not sure he wants to play that long. Man, over like in a Russia, Russian thing to go back, it, to, go it back to your country. Yeah, and 
him even at like 90% in the KHL, the dude would score like 100 goals in a season. <laughs> yeah. He would obviously take over that league, but yeah, I mean, I... I, I, I guess I'm not so secretly hoping that he does pull it off on Thursday just because I think that'd be awesome to see in person. Yeah, I, moments like that kind of transcend rooting for a particular team, right? That That's witnessing history at that point. Yeah, so. I mean, it's, it's, it's so real that the NHL is actually altering their stupid NBC sports schedule to put them on there. That's how, yep. that's how big it is. So you can actually watch it in Denver. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, things like that I always look forward to because they're they're a big deal around the league, even if it does happen against the Avs. Should be should be exciting, to say the least, and it's a nice little lead-in to a stadium series game against an opponent that doesn't really have much to play for, but it's a stadium series nonetheless, so. Yeah. Um, is there any legs to this uh, this helmet that we've seen on this supposed poster? Do you expect the Avs to roll out with this giant letter A on their helmet? Well, nothing would surprise me. I think I feel like if it's I don't know where that that poster came from, um, but it seems like it's probably pretty legit because the rest of the uniform looked pretty similar to what these guys have been practicing in. So. Uh, it would not surprise me. It would just add add to the, I guess, the embarrassment of that A. <laughs> it's still not a good A. It isn't. But No, it's not. <laughs> I'm also not a fan of the King's chrome helmets or whatever they are. So No. I guess they Francois's pads today look pretty cool. He got the new pads for the stadium. Yeah, game. yeah I saw those. It turns out. The colors are good when you just throw them on pads. Yeah. And I mean, all the extra swag. Yeah. Not a jersey looks pretty good, too. So. Right. Everywhere but the on the actual jersey, it looks yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah. No, no, nothing important there. <laughs> well, I mean, it is what it is. If you're sitting in the, the bleachers at Air Force, you won't even be able to see the jerseys anyway. So No. You might still be stuck in traffic getting into the Air Force. That's that's true. That drive is brutal. Man, <laughs> um, I mean, I, I'm a stickler though. I, I've never been a fan of outdoor games in general, so maybe I just hate fun. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I gotta say the one four years ago was fun, but it's because it was the Red Wings, and you had the the game the night before. Yeah, the old timers game was way better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's just no hype to this game whatsoever. So right. it just doesn't feel special, I guess is the thing. What if there's a there's a universe where the Avs beat Washington and it's the best team in the West facing the worst team in the West. Yeah. So Yep. I think that kind of sums it up. I, before we get out of here, Evan, any final thoughts on the Avs since it's been a while since we've had you on? Uh no. I mean this team's on a roll five on five and they've really lock things down defensively. Even a game's like, you know, obviously it wasn't the best team in the world tonight, but uh, that's a team that works hard. I got to say, that's an Ottawa team that works really hard. They did not give the Avs anything easy tonight. And, you know, I think it's kind of funny how the, the you look at that Duchesne trade and how it turned out and, you know, the Avs ended up getting a high draft pick that they probably didn't expect. And now 
it's kind of turned around how Ottawa's going to get a really good draft pick for Eric Carlson that they probably didn't expect. Because certainly weren't expecting it to be top 10, I would think. Yeah, I mean, they might legitimately get two top five picks this summer. So I think they're on the right track after a couple of shaky years there in Ottawa. But um, they definitely weren't. It was not like Buffalo where they just rolled over and died. That's a team that works hard. So I think I think they have a good base there. It's just the Avs have so much more talent than them, and it showed up tonight and then the other game. So there you have it. The Avs can just straight up out talent teams now. They're a beast five on five. They've won five in a row. We are going to get out of here for this one. As always, thank you for listening and be sure to tune in live tomorrow around 1, 1 for our draft or not draft trade proposals. There we go. Until then, we will talk to you later. The Green Solution has 18 Colorado locations, and it is the place in Colorado to get marijuana edibles, concentrates, you name it. You can download their app or go to mygreensolution.com and use code DNVR20 for 20% off your entire purchase. There is one near you. They're scattered all across the greater Denver metro area, and they have an express checkout to get you in and out in no time flat. So just remember to use that DNVR20 code at MyGreenSolution.com to get that 20% off and go get what you need. DNVR Avalanche with Hayfully and Rudo. DNVR Avalanche with Hayfully.